You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Fantasy football has no offseason. It is the Fantasy Football Frenzy on FNTSY Radio. 365, 24-7. The hobby, the gift that keeps giving. Fantasy football. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. And I'm rocking with my man in the offseason. Tony Sincata, the fantasy shamer. Tony, what's going on, my man? Ah, you know, I'm here. I'm getting it done. You know, of course, during the day. We talk some other sports, and then, of course, if you play fantasy sports, everybody plays fantasy football, so we've got to give it to the people uh, that love uh, fantasy football because you're right. It never stops. If we can have, in Major League Baseball, everybody gets the hot stove league. Maybe we just don't have a catchy nickname for the football offseason. I think that could be the case, but I'm glad you brought that up because today, for the, over the course of the next hour, we're going to talk about the football offseason. We'll examine some free agency, talk about some of the key players out there, where they could end up, how that would shake their fantasy values, how that affect the fantasy values of others. So we got an hour of pre-NFL free agency talk, Tony. But I do want to start someplace with something very interesting that you said. And you talk about fantasy football and how big fantasy football is, and how fantasy football is 365. Here we sit, Tony, in the middle of February, and I ask you a question. Do you think more people want fantasy football content or fantasy baseball content? See, knowing this from being in this business for 10 years, I think that a lot of sites make a mistake, and and I'll throw it out there. I think if you have fantasy football content the whole year, that will draw. That will people will get to listen to the shows because there's not enough content for that for the for the amount of people out there. But if you have shows where they discuss baseball and football, people aren't going to listen to that. So I think like this show will be entirely dedicated to football. And I think people will come along and they'll be there for the 52 weeks of the year and they'll go that route. And it's definitely people in football because. The 26 weeks of fantasy baseball, the 185 consecutive days of fantasy baseball is too much for the average person. People have jobs. People have two jobs. People have kids. People have family. It's too much. The once-a-week football thing is great, but you do it over 52 weeks and you learn about it. Dynasty leagues have become a huge thing, so everybody's into the college football draft. And you see, Tony, you're right about that. You got the college football. You got the NFL draft. You got free agency. You got the senior bowl. You got the combine. The NFL is always giving you something just about every month. You get the OTAs, and then we really start to push back into it as you get to a little bit later on in the summer. Now, listen, on this program, you're absolutely correct. We're not going to talk bad bip. We're not going to talk ex-fip. We're going to talk fantasy football. But what I find interesting, Tony, you say is the length of the sport. The length of baseball, the grind of it. I understand, listen, fantasy baseball is the first fantasy sport. Rotisserie baseball is kind of the gold standard, how this whole thing got started. But, Tony, I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's the length of it. I really just think that Major League Baseball, their struggles with television, attracting a large television audience, hurts their fantasy product. 
Yes, I, I think yes. I think there's several factors. And you're you're right there. The football's a game made for TV, and it's beautiful to watch every Sunday. You sit around, or you go to a sports bar, and you root for your team, and everybody's passionate about a team. So that's one thing. Secondly, I think the simplicity of scoring in fantasy football is a, is a huge factor. Mm-hmm. Where most baseball leagues are roto style, and they have ten categories, and people are like, "What the hell does all this mean?" Do you think? A surge in head-to-head leagues, points leagues in baseball can save fantasy baseball. And I hate to say save like it's on life support. Right. But I've seen some numbers. <laughs> um, no, I, I think uh, I think um, because baseball has like a, a small hardcore uh, people that are, do baseball all year, like um, our, our show on, on the Fantasy Sports Network with uh, Al Malchior is a short and yeah. strong all year round because there's not a lot of guys doing fantasy baseball all year. But I think the people that listen to Al's show are not going to play head-to-head. So should we switch it from a business model, from a business standpoint? Should it be switched to, you know what, let's talk about head-to-head because this is what the next generation is playing People that play Roto Baseball or Ron Chandler's age? I'll tell you what. I would actually – here's the way I would do it is I would, have a, I would have a head-to-head show, baseball show all year round and not have it on during the day on the live radio and maybe just a podcast during the football season. And monitor and I would have it. A, Yeah, and I would have a head-to-head show all year round, and I would keep them out there because I think people like stability as well. And then the same thing we're doing with football, where we have the football shows all year round, and you can get all the information there. People are right now picky. People are fussy because they can get whatever they want. If I'm going to listen to a fantasy show, I don't want you telling me about golf. I don't want you telling me about baseball. And in the next segment, talking to me about football, because I have no interest in two of those sports. And the problem is, give me what I want because I can find it somewhere else on the Internet. There you go right there. Fantasy Football Frenzy, we got you covered all 52 weeks, 365, getting you ready for the hobby, breaking it down. It's already time to start prep for 2016. I've already done six rounds of a draft, so, you know, get you those results a little bit later on as we rock through it. So, Tone, today I want to talk NFL free agency. I want to break down some players that could be changing teams, some guys that could get the franchise tag. We'll spend a lot of time doing that today. Also want to talk on a couple of things from the offseason that has happened so far. And, you know, fantasy football, we really first and foremost cater to the players on the offensive side of the ball, the guys that score us the fantasy points. I understand we got guys in IDP leagues and stuff like that. But obviously what we do in most 12-team leagues the industry standard, we focus on the offensive players, the playmakers, the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers. We've already seen, I always tell people, before you start making prognostications of who you're going to draft where and what your favorite NFL team is going to do, you do understand that these young men have to get through the offseason before you can start planning for the next season. And when I talk about getting through the offseason, I'm not so much talking about from an injury standpoint. I'm talking about from a personal conduct standpoint, Tony. And we already seen the NFL's leader in Russia, Kareem Hunt. I think the story is totally bogus. I'm in his camp. But whenever the NFL hears domestic violence, Tony, or situations like this, they could come down with wrong judgment, much like they did Ezekiel Elliott. Have you heard about what's going on with Kareem Hunt? Yeah, yeah. Now, this looks like a story 
where, uh, yeah, there's a lot of different stories. It's a he said it, she said it situation. And you know what? Unfortunately, now we're in a time that people are convicted before uh, they go and, and get a prosecution. In the NFL, you're convicted even with no prosecution, which is kind of insane. And Kareem Hunt, there, there was a, a situation where they were involved in a bar thing. There was an underage girl there. Uh, supposedly, they found out. They wanted nothing to do with her. They wanted her out. She gets pissed off. And she starts talking about being harassed. And it's it's a big problem. And I don't know why a guy like, and I guess we know why, because you know, your, your career is so short. But eventually you would think some player is going to stand up and sue the NFL for uh, prosecuting them on, on things the police won't prosecute them on. Yeah, and that's the whole thing about it. The NFL obviously has situations where they do stuff like that. We saw it with Ezekiel Elliott. When the NFL's lead investigator came back and said, nothing to see here, you know what I mean? The girl has no credibility, whatever the case may be. And that's why I worry about Hunt with this situation. But from what I'm hearing, it sounds like he may be in the clear because this was an underage girl that was asked to leave, and that's when things kind of went haywire. No charges were pressed, but with no charges being pressed, Tone, it really doesn't matter to the NFL and Roger Goodell. They are going to have let me tell you something, Tony. I think the NFL is headed for a work stoppage in 2020 because I don't see no way that a collective bargaining agreement gets done where the NFL, Roger Goodell, and the owners have that much power. I'll tell you what. I think there's a legitimate chance, and I, I hate to bring baseball in it, but I believe the New York Yankees actually believe there's a legitimate chance, and that's why there was a trade for Russell Wilson. I believe the Yankees is going to try to capitalize on that stoppage, much like Tim Tebow and the New York Mets. They said, you know what? If there's a work stoppage, Russell Wilson will want to play baseball, and I'm sure someone talked to him, and uh, we're going to sell some T-shirts, and we're going to put them at the AA level and uh, let Russell Wilson play. Always a threat of him coming up, so obviously that will create some kind of buzz and excitement. The Super Bowl winning quarterback, celebrity lifestyle, celebrity athlete that he is, definitely could see that. But, yeah, I do think a work stoppage could be in play, especially with the way the rules are set up right now. It's going to be interesting to see what's given back for the NFL you know what, and stuff though? like that. It will never work because, unfortunately, these owners are too rich. They're too rich, and the NFL careers are too short. They just do what they did before. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, right? You're a 26-year-old kid, and you went to college, and you always dreamed of being an NFL player. You didn't get a degree, and you know, you know what? I only got a couple of years left in this game. All of a sudden, the NFL opens training camps, says, all right, they don't want to play. Anyone wants to play football, we're going to play the games. People still watch the scab games. People still played the NFL scab game, and it took two weeks to break the union. Why wouldn't they do it again? They've already done it once. Tony, do you think in today's era of fantasy football, fantasy football is very big to the NFL. They'll never say it. People think, people think that the NFL drives fantasy football. I think fantasy football drives the NFL. And in today's climate, I don't think you could put scab players out there because the fantasy football ramifications are too big. Here's the problem. I think that if you look at where fantasy's going, and I think that, yeah, it's going to hurt, but you have DraftKings, you have FanDuel, you still have gambling. I know people gambling on Olympics. I mean, we just did a three-hour show based on gambling. It's probably the highest-rated show on the channel. All these people need something to play on, and if the NFL, that's the big thing, I think people are going to tune in. 
Yeah, and you know what? You could be right. People, I think people will tune in. I think the, I think, I think fantasy would be tough, but that would make it easier for guys like us because you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'd I'm find, we'd go and find the information anywhere we could, and, and and dig it out because now we have an advantage over everybody else, and that's always what we're trying to seek is an advantage. So. I think it would get to a point where, yeah, they would, and I think DraftKings and FanDuel would have their uh, their fantasy games, and I think Yahoo would have their fantasy games. I think it'll hurt the season-long leagues, uh, but the same people are going to play with scab players. Uh, it could very well be the case, Tone, as we come towards the conclusion of the NFL season. Obviously, Super Bowl Sunday, we see the Philadelphia Eagles take out the New England Patriots kind of in their reign of dominance, at least on the short term. Then we had the real odd story with Josh McDaniels. But the Buffalo, excuse me, the Indianapolis Colts, they go ahead and they get their guy, former Buffalo Bill quarterback, uh, former New England, excuse me, Philadelphia Eagle assistant. Frank Reich is now the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. And what I find intriguing was I had put something on the rundown for the Fantasy Sports Today Overtime Show. And more or less, the headline, what I put in the rundown a couple days ago said, Frank Wright to Indianapolis, Eagles staff being raided, question mark. Didn't get into it on the program that day, but that same day on On Target, the podcast, Jake Seeley brought it up. And I, should have, and, I, and I was interested in the discussion that you guys had because when you talk about going in in 2018 and drafting Carson Wentz, who's already banged up, drafting Alshon Jeffrey, looking at the guys in the Philadelphia Eagle offense, Jay Ajay, the whole gang. How do we know it's going to be the same? And I thought you guys made some very interesting points. Obviously, you look back to the situation with Atlanta, and the King Scott Angle said he never criticized Steve Sarkeesian. I sat next to that man every morning. Oh, yeah. And it's soon, it's soon as we started talking about the Atlanta Falcons in week six, week seven, well, you know what? They don't have Kyle Shanahan no more. So, listen, everybody was on Sarkeesian. But you know what? The offense wasn't that bad. But when you look at the situation in Philadelphia, I do think you have to show some concern, not just in Philadelphia, but all over the league where we see changes in offensive schemes. Here's the only difference, though, and, and where they might be right, is that Doug Peterson was the one calling the offensive plays mm-hmm. there. And I actually went and looked it up after to make sure – uh, that he was calling the plays there. So it's a kind of a weird situation now uh, where we're going to have the same thing with the New York Giants, right, when they bring in uh, David Shuler. And I'm like, you know what, uh, how much does this change things? Like in Atlanta, they had a defensive coach. Steve Sarkeesian came in and called the plays. But Doug Peterson's still there. Doug Peterson was the guy that called the plays. And that's interesting to me. And it might be a better situation than what we had in Atlanta. And I think that could be the case also, especially when you got the guy and Peterson who was the play caller. But I still look at the situation in in a hole where with the quarterback is going to be hurt. What do you do with Nick Foles? Because Carson Palmer is not going to be ready to go in week one, Tony. You know, we talked to Dr. A, the inside injuries thing. He tore the the ACL late in the season. Also expects some more damage to be done in that knee. So that's the situation they're dealing with. What do you do with Nick Foles? Because really, you can't move on from this guy. Philadelphia's schedule flips. It becomes tougher. That is the team with the bullseye on their back. You bring Foles in. Week six, Wentz is ready. This team is four and two. Now you got a quarterback controversy. Uh, see, I don't think so. Who, 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 now, do you want me to answer from a fantasy standpoint or an NFL standpoint? I want you to answer it from an NFL standpoint. NFL, right? I think Nick Foles is the perfect guy to have in that role 
and because he is a guy that's a humble and, and, and he'll go out and say it's Nick, it's, uh, you know, Carson Wentz's team. I'm just going to protect it. And he'll be happy to be part of the team. So you're not going to have that problem in that situation. And if they start out four and two, you got to remember they were the number one team with Carson Wentz in, in going into the season, going into when Nick Foles took over. They were the number one seed. They were already there. All those wins were put together. They got to play home playoff games because of what Carson Wentz did. Carson Wentz was a difference maker. Carson Wentz was an MVP. So we'd be kidding ourselves, despite whatever their record is, to think that Nick Foles is going to keep that job. But you're 100% right. The Eagles have to keep him. They, he's under contract. They got a bargain. And I would keep him. I would not take a draft choice for him. And I would make sure that he starts the six games. Or if it's you know even less than that, you still need him around because you don't know if Carson Wentz going to have a setback. Now, this is true. So... You think from an NFL standpoint, they keep him, and then when it's time to bench Wentz, that fan base has never won a Super Bowl. I mean, it's been time to put Wentz back in the game. Yeah. That fan base has never won a Super Bowl is going to be okay with watching Carson Wentz take over for Nick Foles, who's the hero in that town now. Yeah, I think 100%. I think that uh, every once in a while, a squirrel gets a nut. All right. We come back. I want to continue on this a little bit more, but I also want to get into some NFL free agency. Talk about guys like Allen Robinson, where he could end up. I think it's going to be a big name in the free agent market. Jarvis Landry also. Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Fantasy Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio, Fantasy Executive, Tony Sincata. You already know what we're doing, talking fantasy football, having a good time doing so also. Talking NFL, whatever. The sport of football. Tony, are you worried? Talk about these offensive coordinator changes and stuff like that. Todd Haley's not in Pittsburgh no more. Yes. Todd Haley, the fantasy-friendly coordinator for Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Big Ben, obviously – we're going to have a nice bump for Juju Smith's shoes to this upcoming year. Fantasy friendly, not too friendly with the people he works with. Kind of always been his MO. Might be the most <laughs> hated man in the NFL. Do you knock down their players a tad because of this? Or do you think, you know what, they're going to stick to that system because it's been successful and those two players are too talented? You know what's crazy? I never even considered it, to tell you the truth, because you have Antonio Brown, you have Le'Veon Bell, and you know what? I'm going to pick them in the front five anyways. Ben Roethlisberger is a quarterback that goes a little late in drafts. So you know what? And you know the upside, but you know you're never going to be able to play him week to week. 
it's it's crazy. Like so, I, I don't consider it now. Juju Smith Schuster and Martavis Bryant. When you look at those two dudes. Uh, there, yeah, I think Juju Smith Schuster looked like he's going to play uh, there, and Montavious Bryant, of course, is get a little later in the draft. We take a shot on him because we're saying, oh, if someone gets hurt, he's coming through. So I think they're going to pretty much stand it where they are. But it, it is a good point because here's the thing, folks: I don't care what anyone says. When a, you have a replacement at, at a, as a coach, the offense is never going to be the same. Nobody calls plays the same in the same situation, and you have a play calling that comes in, and you might run the same playbook, but every offensive coordinator is going to have their own unique plays that are their favorite at certain times. Every offensive coordinator is going to look at a film and break down an opponent in a different manner than their, their past did. So I look at that, and I think, you know what? That's a great point. If you think that this offense was as, at its optimal performance with Todd Haley, there's got to be some regression. Yeah, I think regression is something that people are not looking looking at, and then, and I think that people just think that you know what situation is, is situation. I don't understand what this audio situation is going to be fine, so it's nothing really um, to look at with that situation. Uh, there we go. Nothing really to look at with that situation, but I do think that the players could also be too talented, but you could see a, a, a regression, a small regression, but it's not like. I'm going to push guys like it's even as close as Ezekiel Elliott, even a guy like David Johnson. I'm going to let that situation remain the same. I'm going to take Le'Veon Bell. Speaking of David Johnson, he'll be in a new offense this year, Tony. Yeah. We know what Arians and the crew wanted to do. They wanted to run him. They wanted to put the football in his hands 30, 35, sometimes even 40 times a game. I don't know if somebody, if a new coordinator is going to come in there and give that kind of volume I to agree. David Johnson. I agree. I mean, you have to look at this realistically, right? The NFL, almost 90% of the NFL is going to two backs, right? Two backs. The perfect situation, I believe, every NFL team would think would be the New Orleans Saints with Kamara and Ingram and what they had and what they accomplished this season. And here's here's the naysayer I have for David Johnson people. Hey, David Johnson's a great back. Arizona's offense took a, a huge step back. Without David Johnson, they couldn't run the ball at all without David Johnson. When David Johnson was in there, we didn't notice how poor that offensive line was. But the key to all that is David Johnson wasn't in there. So if I give the ball 22 times a game as opposed to 30 times a game, do I get a better chance and a better opportunity of having 16 games of David Johnson? And I think that's going to come into play. I think it could very well come into play. That's going to be something that I'm going to keep my eyes on. I do think Gurley and John and Bell are the top of the board when it comes to the running back position. Going to be interesting to see how the rest of it shakes out when you take the likes of Ezekiel well, Elliott and David Johnson. Yeah, I think I think I would actually move Johnson behind Ezekiel Elliott right now, and and, and just knowing what I've got there. And the one thing is, in PPR leagues, you know, David Johnson's been a, a great pass catcher. For one, we don't know what kind of offense is going to be run. Two, I don't know what quarterbacks in Arizona. So that's a lot of situation right now that we're going to have to monitor and watch. I mean, every team in the NFL will throw the ball out, to the back, out of the backfield right now. And second, we need to see if Arizona brings in any other free agents, right, at the running back position. If all of a sudden there's a pass catching back involved, or if they go out and grab one of the big backs and they uh, throw him in the backfield 
uh, for her situation, then it would start to worry. David Johnson's been a guy that's been a goal line carrier, uh, but we see a lot of times where they'll bring in a bigger back in a lot of cases and end up getting the goal lines. And if all of a sudden David Johnson was able to lose his goal line carries, that would be a crazy situation, right? And all of a sudden his value takes a hit, and we all of a sudden can find backs uh, that we can use all of a sudden different than there. And I'll tell you right now, just let's just take this one. What if Arizona signed Latavius Murray? Where would you dra- where would you drop David Johnson? See if if and, and Latavius Murray is the perfect guy that you bring into the mix because Latavius Murray comes in there, you get a pretty strong feeling that Latavius Murray is going to be that goal line back. I yeah. think you still see David Johnson getting the catches. Now I get to do you have a situation where you're not looking at drafting Kareem Hunt over David Johnson? Uh, yeah, I, I actually would. I mean, Andy Reid's still there, so we know what the offense is going to be like. You've seen him catch balls out of backfield. You get him in the backfield. Um, I I would absolutely go with Kareem Hunt over him. Now, do you go Antonio Brown over David Johnson? Uh, you know what? I I actually would take Antonio Brown probably in the top three picks. Mm-hmm. The consistency. Yeah. He's just every week it seems like I know what I'm getting with him. I, I think the only – the only problem with taking Antonio Brown is hoping the quarterback continues to play well. I think, you know, we're at a stage that I think people are not paying attention to enough because of the success of Tom Brady at, at his age. But we've got, we've got like seven quarterbacks that are, you know, 35 and over. And that's not going to last forever. Those drop-offs can be very quick, Tony. And you make a good point about that. So, And the thing with the quarterback drop-off you don't know it until it happens. It's oh. like you don't see the quarterback dropping off. He just yeah. come to, he just come to camp one year. You're like, oh my god, <laughs> my guy Scott Angle drives me crazy. Right? He drives mm-hmm. me crazy. forty eight old, thirty nine eight old because Scott's an old bastard, or he looks like one. Right? <laughs> and Peyton Manning's one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL. He dropped off like nothing. Like he was the worst quarterback. He went from in the a NFL Hall of Famer. Yeah, he went from a Hall of Famer to a guy that couldn't play the position anymore. Yeah, he was the worst quarterback in the NFL his his last season. And throughout the majority of this season, he was the best quarterback throughout the course of the regular season. I understand that's a backhanded compliment, but the numbers don't lie. All right, so, Tone, let's start talking about some of these free agents. And I want to start with Jarvis Landry because you know how Scott has these sources in Seattle? I, like, really legitimate have some people that's on the scouting department in Miami. And I've heard that the Miami Dolphins – well, not in the scouting department of the Dolphins, but, you know, know some people in the Dolphins organization. And I've heard that the Miami Dolphins are really, really trying to clear up some money. They're going to ask Ryan Tannehill to take a pay cut. He's already agreed. They want him to take more. If he's not willing to take more, he won't be back. Not to mention the fact Jarvis Landry wants a Devontae Adams type deal. Jarvis Landry is not going to get $14 million. He will not be franchise tagged. He will also be let go. So let's start with the Miami Dolphins and Jarvis Landry. First, do you think that Landry's a player they would franchise? And secondly, if not the franchise, where do you see a receiver like Landry who can rack up those catches fitting in at? I would absolutely franchise. I mean, he's 25 years old, and this guy catches 100 balls in his sleep. And you got Devontae Parker who can't show up to work every week. Kenny Stills there. You're going to have a quarterback that needs a reliable wide receiver. I think this offense is going to be a disaster without him. And they've got some good young running backs, uh, but you've got to throw the ball in the NFL to compete. 
And I think if Jarvis Landry hits the uh, free agent market, he's going to get the biggest contract of any free agent uh, going I, over the list here, and he's going to land that fourteen million dollars easy. I think, I think, I think that is easily the number for Jarvis Landry. I, Tony, see, the report says that, but I think when you look at the team, I kind of feel as if they have to franchise him. Yeah. I they agree. have no choice. They have to franchise him. So I don't see a situation where he where he is walked, where he where he is let go. Now, if they don't put the tag on him, they like you said, it could be where he is the number one guy on the board. Teams in need of a possession receiver. It's a ton of those uh, teams that have needs like that in the NFL. When you look at the teams that got money, obviously the San Francisco 49ers come to mind immediately. I don't know if he's a fit for what they're trying to do in San Francisco, though. Um. I'll tell you what, I think he'd be a fit anywhere. Um, he could go to San Francisco and, and absolutely put it together uh, there. But I got a feeling that Jarvis Landry's the type that's going to get out of Miami and try to go to a team that's going to win right away. And it wouldn't shock me if he ended up in Oakland. And he tries to take a shot there. Seth Roberts is a guy that's got, got uh, some touchdowns out of the slot. But you imagine if you had Crabtree. And on the outside, and all of a sudden you bring in a guy like Jarvis Landry to play out of the slot. I noticed you didn't mention Amari Cooper. Uh, no, I'm thinking he'll be there. But uh, it, it, they would have the, they have the cap room to get all three of these guys in there. Well, here's the thing. I think Crabtree's, I think Crabtree's gone. I think Crabtree ends up in Dallas. I think they release really? Crabtree. I think Crabtree ends up in Dallas. Now you have a situation where they need an outside wide receiver, which is not really Jarvis Landry's thing. But I think Crabtree's a corner this year, Tony. I really do. Um, Rashad Matthews and Eric Decker are free agents this year. Um, so uh, Tennessee Titans, they're revamping their offense. They uh, are going to try to get Marcus Mariota some targets. Imagine Corey Davis and Jarvis Landry. That would be a nice combination right there, especially with what they're trying to do. I know the OC, Matt LaFleur, said the new OC says he wants to bring more exciting plays to the Tennessee Titans. So I think that could be a shot where you see a guy like Jarvis Landry who can excite. You're very right on that one, could have an opportunity. Another guy, Tony, that I find interesting that's a free agent, hasn't really ever done anything for fantasy purposes. Fantasy owners draft him as a sleeper in 2016. It did not hit, did not work. They kind of laid off in 2017. Quarterback situation was terrible at best, not to mention the fact I think he was dealing with some injuries himself. Do you think that Dante Moncrief can latch on with a team and become a fantasy-relevant player? Uh, I, I, what is he, 24 years, 24, 25 years old? If you look at Dante Moncrief, he's uh, 24 years old. Um, he's a bigger wide receiver, 6'2", 220, but he can run. I think, you know what, maybe in the perfect situation because you look at that Indianapolis Colts offense, right? And when they had Andrew Luck, he was relevant, right? He red was zone. Relevant. He was an excellent red zone target. Yeah, and he's a big dude. I think if he got in the right situation – he could be a guy there, and it would be an interesting guy to take a leap on. I'll tell you what, even in, in, in like San Francisco, which, right, they haven't done much uh, throughout their career. In San Francisco, you put them with Jimmy Garoppolo. They don't have any great wide receivers there. 2015, he caught 64 balls, 733 yards, six touchdowns there. Uh, maybe he can get 70 catches, 800 yards, and get seven or eight touchdowns. 
I can see that being the case with Dante Moncrief. I think that Dante Moncrief is going to be a landing spot that I'm going to watch. And he'll be a name because you know how fantasy owners are, Tony. He's let them down in back-to-back years, yeah. meaning he'll be going undrafted in 2018. He's a guy, before he gets to the before he pops on the waiver wire, it's going to be interesting to see where he lands and ends up. I want to keep it on San Fran, and I want to head to the running back position. I don't think Carlos Hyde is going to be back in San Francisco. No. We saw the rece- the receiver the rece- oh, excuse me the receptions dropped off once Jimmy G came in. There was no more receptions for Carlos Hyde. Kind of was like running back piece. I don't think he's going. I know our guy Matt Medica ties him to the New York Giants. Do you think Hyde is a guy that needs to be catching passes, guaranteed goal line work, or do you think he can put up numbers between the tackles and make him an RB at least an RB two? No, I, I actually think the perfect home for Carlos uh, Hyde is Indianapolis, replacing Frank Gore in that backfield. And I think he'd have the ability to catch balls out of the backfield, uh, run there, and I think it would be great a spot for Carlos Hyde. What's going to be interesting, though, is who they put in San Francisco with Matt Breeder if they go through the draft or if they go and try to hit free agency. Uh, because when you look at it, out of the unrestricted free agents, there's not a lot to love at the running back position. Isaiah Crowell sticks out, Tony, and I don't think I don't think he's the kind of back Shanahan wants. No, you don't think he wants a, a, t- a hard nose tackle to tackle runner. I mean, that would make that would make sense to me. I, I I think I think he wants somebody a little bit more dynamic. Now, Crowell is a talented runner. I don't know what his pass-catching ability is. We've seen him do it. We've seen season with, I believe, at least 40 receptions. So we have seen that season. So he does have that skill set. I just think Shanahan, do you see Crowell as a plus side of a Tom Shear guy? Uh, yeah, I, I actually okay. do. I mean, you look at that Cleveland uh, situation this year, right? We all expected the Cleveland line to be better and he'd have an opportunity. But the quarterback play was the problem, I think. It was so mm-hmm. poor. And then the quarterback would uh, decide, you know, he'd look at his one receiver and as soon as the receiver wasn't open, he wouldn't look to a number two. He would take it and run. And it cost Crowell a lot of opportunities at the goal line. I think teams could put seven, eight guys in the box because nobody's afraid of, of him at the quarterback position. And then, and then if that then that can make sense also because Isaiah Crowell is going to be another name. Listen, I know I took a lot of heat over Isaiah Crowell this year, but I'm willing to go back in on him, Tony, because you're going to get him at a discount this year because fantasy owners are fickle. They're very romantic. So they're going to remember what happened. Remember how they got burnt. They're going to unblock him. They're going to block him on Facebook. They're going to unfriend him and stuff like that. So he's going to come as a steal while Duke Johnson raises up the draft board. So another interesting piece is going to be one Mr. Isaiah Crowell. Obviously, Carlos Hyde. The Hyde to Indianapolis thing, Tony, I think makes sense. I like what you're talking right there. Do you think they have enough on the roster where they can spend draft capital with that third pick on Saquon Barkley? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, though, I, I really got the impression that Cleveland's going to – it wouldn't shock me if Cleveland makes that pick, even though they need at a quarterback. One? Yeah, and they gamble either at four with the quarterback or they trade and get the first two picks in the draft. That's interesting. You're the first guy I'm hearing saying Saquon Barkley to the Browns at one. I know Hugh Jackson would love that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Hugh Jackson should be happy with whatever he's getting, because uh, he's still <laughs> he's still employed after being the worst coach in NFL history. So mm, that's interesting, Tony. The first person I heard say that Cleveland would say Quan Barkley at one dynamic talent, generational talent, running back, be coming into the NFL. 
I've already done a draft, Tony. He was taken on a one-two turn. When we come back, I'll expand on that, and I'll tell you why I think that could happen. Looking forward to that. Fantasy football frenzy. You know how we do. Fantasy football, 24-7, 365. Be right back with you right here on FNTSY Radio. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Fantasy football frenzy, FNTSY radio. <clears throat> Fantasy executive Tony Sincata. About to get back into this discussion about Saquon Barkley 1 1 to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Before so we here's, get into that. Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I got a question for you. Is this the dance version of MILF Money? No, this is a very popular jam by uh, Junior Mafia. This was oh, notorious. No, no, this was. You, you, you know who the people are. You may not know them by that name. This was Notorious B.I.G. and Little Kim back in their heyday. Oh. The name of the song was Get Money. Get Money. I like that. I like their goals. They got good goals. Yes, they they They, they, they don't work in well. fantasy. <laughs> good, good for them. <laughs> oh, boy. Having a good time talking fantasy football. That was a good one, Tony. You're right. They did not work in fantasy. That's milk that? money. That's milk oh, money. Oh, that's milk money. Okay. That's the Jake Dif- Seeley version. Yeah, that's the Jake Seeley version. That's the on target <laughs> version. On target, uh, you're part of that podcast now, too, right, Tony? Yeah. How are you enjoying yeah. that? I'll tell you what, it's good. It goes by quick. It's like, it goes by quick 40 minutes. Like, we get like two topics in, you know, and um, I don't know how it is, man. I drew the short straw. You're like, I am the guy with the least amount of patience on this whole network, and they think I have the most patience to work with Scott Engel. Corey, you've been there back in the day when me and Scott had a few fisticuffs uh, in, in the studio, but all of a sudden now I'm the guy that can work with Scott. You know what's so funny about that, Tony? I don't <laughs> know a single person that we have worked with that has not had an altercation with Scott Engel. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, at some point, everybody has one with Scott Angle. At some point. At some point, the microphones go off, and it's like, Scott, I'll punch you in your face. <laughs> he Every wants single to person. Bow down to the king. <laughs> yeah, it's not really going to happen that no. way. Fantasy football frenzy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. All right, so Saquon Barkley tone at 1-1. You're the first yeah. I heard say this. So here's the situation. Saquon Barkley, according to reports, is the number one athlete in this draft. He is the best player. When you have the first pick, you take the best play. You don't gamble. I think the Cleveland Browns are the only team to have their number one quarterback coming into the draft as Wyoming's Josh Allen. I don't think any of the other teams have this kid rated as the number one quarterback. 
So I think Cleveland will be divided on this, and then they'll take the guy, Saquon Barkley, and they'll wait on Josh Allen and pick him number four overall. And I have to question whether he's any good either. We're talking about a kid that went to University of Wyoming, right? He played mm-hmm. two games as a, a sophomore. Then he comes back and he plays. Um, he, that was a redshirt sophomore. Then he has another sophomore year, and then he plays, and he completes only 56% of his passes. He averages 8.86 yards an attempt and eight, 8.3 yards per completion. And then the same thing, his junior year, he gets down to 56%. If you're the number one pick at college football playing at Wyoming, you got to do better than that. I agree with you on that one, Tony. See, one of the things I'm about when it comes to evaluating a quarterback, I want to know what you did against the best competition. What did you do? How did you perform versus the SEC schools? How did you perform versus Ohio State? How did you perform versus Oklahoma? How did you perform against the teams that send players to the NFL year in and year out? And I, until I see that, Tony, I really can't invest in you, especially at the quarterback position. To me, Deshaun Watson was a slam dunk last year. He beat Ohio, that Ohio State team that he played in the college football playoff. He beat that team 35 to nothing. That team had Marcus Lattimore and Malik Young in that secondary. For big games for Josh Allen last year, they opened up against the Iowa Hawkeyes, and they went down 24 to 3 in that game. Uh, in that one, he was 15 for 27, 189 yards, and two passing touchdowns. He did rush for 30s. Um, uh, no, no, he didn't rush for that. Uh, he had 189 yards passing. That's what's his next big game? Uh, the next big game was probably Oregon in the Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, in that game, they lost 49 to 13 in that one. <laughs> and in that one, Josh Allen uh, put up again 189 yards. See, you see, and that's the thing. You got to throw for 200 yards. You got to will your team to victory in these scenarios or put up better numbers at least. I understand you're the quarterback. You can't do it by yourself. And that's kind of how I value and evaluate quarterbacks. So I would not be taking any of those two guys uh, that high. I'm quite sure we'll get to talk NFL draft a little bit more. But you know what? I'll bring it up right now, Tony. My guys are Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. You know what? I like Lamar Jackson too. I can get him at the end of the first round. And I really do feel... Uh, from what I'm hearing is that if he makes it to the Jacksonville Jaguars, they will select Lamar Jackson uh, and take a shot with him uh, riding the bench for one season. And then uh, if uh, Blake Bortles is not playing well, uh, take a shot with with Lamar Jackson. Do you think – okay, you say ride the bench for one season. I think if they if they draft him, I think they start him. I, I don't I – don't, he'll have to win the job. I think he'll have an opportunity. Like I don't think that it's – uh, I think he has to outplay Blake Bortles in the preseason, and he can get the job. So I, I'm not saying that it's a, it, there's no way that he's definitely going to be one year sitting behind him, but I think that Blake Bortles will go into camp as the number one quarterback and that Lamar Jackson is going to have to outplay him to get that job. I look, I, I look at it this way, Tony. Who is it harder for a defense to game plan against, Lamar Jackson or Blake Bortles? I think if you look at it, see, I think Blake Bortles gets a lot uh, underrated because if you look at it this year, even when he wasn't great passing, right, and you say, who's the harder game plan? Well, it was hard for teams to actually game plan for Blake Bortles because he beat him when he couldn't throw with 90 yards on the ground. <laughs> that was one of the wildest things I've ever right? seen. Yeah, that was crazy. So I, I, I can't see where you're coming from on that one, Tone. Let me ask you, 
Let's keep Blake it right Bortles, here. You know, Blake Bortles, is, it's a weird situation, too. People don't realize, unless they watch this team every year, the coach, Doug Marone, killed him in preseason, took the job away from him, gave yeah. it to Chad Henney, and Chad was like, Henney. and tortured him. And I think Bortles got the respect of the team because he was he was terrible. He was champ, but he kept coming back, and he kept coming back for more. And then, of course, he had surgery in the offseason for a uh, situation he was dealing with all season long. Uh, every time you watch this guy play, he got sacked the most times in the history of football his first three seasons, and he never would stay out. He'd keep coming back. So I think the players in the locker room really respect Blake Bortles, uh, and that's the interesting part. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants the best player on the field out there. So Lamar Jackson came in and played well. But I think Blake Bortles actually has the respect of his teammates. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. If you look back to Blake Bortles' uh, preseason, remember you had a situation where he was benched in the preseason. Yeah. Not to mention the fact you had Jalen Ramsey like the Bleacher Report article. The title of the article was Quarterbacks to Replace Blake Bortles. Jalen Ramsey liked the article on social media, not to mention the fact we all saw Allen Robinson curse him out on, you know, when he threw that ball out of bounds and Allen Robinson gets up and said, damn, dude, keep the ball in bounds. <laughs> yeah, this guy it, took him to the AFC Championship game. <laughs> yeah, I think, like I said, I think he won that whole thing over because of how far he had fallen back and they were able to make a little run. But that being said, if Lamar Jackson comes in and starts firing the ball around, uh, people will say, oh. Let's uh let's grab that. Interesting to see how that one plays out. Speaking of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tony Allen Robinson goes into Oh, his- I have a I have an update from Adam Schefter. Um Oh. Bengals quarterback AJ McCarron won his grievance against Cincinnati and will now be an unrestricted free agent. And it's amazing that but he's about to get Mike Glennon money. <laughs> he could be the Arizona quarterback. He could be the Cleveland fallback plan. Um, that'll be interesting to see if he signs before the draft or after the draft. Um, he better get his money before the draft. Yeah, I think I think the, I think if you want to, if you're looking at getting money, you have to get it before the draft. If you want to figure out where you can start and play, you got to do it after the draft. Yeah, I, I take the money. That's the way I always go about it. I say, man, backup quarterbacks make good money, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So Jacksonville, Allen Robinson. Restrict, unrestricted free agent coming up this year. Franchise tag, Tony. I don't think they can it, do it without him. It seems like that they're actually going to do that. It seems that everything I'm hearing, they're going to do that. And I'll tell you what's interesting, because I think I like Allen Robinson. He, I mean, he showed it a couple of years ago. The guy's got the athletic talent. He could play. And he just needs to stay healthy, and he'll be all right. And he did it with Blake Bortles at quarterback. So if there's any improvement at quarterback, it would be great. But they can't lose Marquis Lee because Lee really developed this season into mm-hmm. a possession-type wide receiver that I think people need. I agree. I think, I, I think, I think Lee is a guy that's going to be an interesting call also, and I think, more, I think they try to get both of them back. So it's going to be interesting how that plays out, but I do think that uh, you could have a situation where Allen Robinson is slapped with the franchise tag because I think he's going to mean too much as obviously that team has a great defense and they can keep everybody out of trouble this offseason. That would be straight. Offense is the problem on that team, and your best offensive piece outside of Leonard Fournette, who's never going to play 16 games, is going to be one Mr. Allen Robinson, especially in the passing game. So I think we do see a situation where he gets slapped with the franchise tag. That's unfortunate for him, but he'll make a ton of money next year. If Tony, if I'm the Rams, I franchise Sammy Watkins to keep him from going to San Francisco. You know what's crazy is that I think they're gonna basically from what I've read. I think they're gonna franchise him, and I don't know if it's the greatest move. And and I understand there, 
But I really think he's going to go to Houston because he likes uh, a lot of those guys over there in Houston as uh, all his former teammates are playing there. And I think that they'll put a guy in the slot there. Uh, they don't have to pay a big-time running back anymore. I'll tell you right now, uh, I'm interested to see him get out of there. Uh, but they're going to pay, and I guess they're going to keep him there. How crazy is it that you could franchise your your third-best wide receiver on your team based on the uh, you know output of last season, and you're going to pay him a top-five salary at the position? If I'm Sammy Watkins, I'm not complaining either way. If I'm Sammy Watkins, I want to get out of there. Obviously, it wasn't Jews right, but like you said, when it all boils down, Tony Sammy Watkins needs to get his money, especially for that one season. It'll be a big time. It'll be a big time deal. Like you said, he'll be one of the top five play players at his position in the NFL. I think that's a tough move for the Rams. But I, 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 I kind of feel as if Tony, that I think, I think San Francisco would jump on Sammy Watkins. I wouldn't. There's no way if I was the Rams. I would franchise him. I'm a little concerned about that defense being as good as they were last year and they, they get another year older. And I'd probably look at that defense. I'm kind of like, I know I got Cooper Cup. I think Robert Woods is actually the real deal um, there. And Sammy Watkins is a guy, yeah, has all the talent in the world. But I've only seen him go deep. Like, I don't see him run any routes. And that could be the team that he plays on and them not asking for that. But I really haven't seen him run any pass routes. Do you think he could end up back in Buffalo? No, I think that that was a marriage that's broken. He should be in Buffalo. And if I was a quarterback, uh, they got to get some help out there. But no, I don't think he would. I think they would go and they would take a run. If they wanted to go out and get a number one wide receiver, they're the team that's going to go after a Javis Landry. They're going to go after an Allen Robinson. Yeah, I can see that being the case also. Uh, obviously, a wide receiver is needed in Dallas, but I don't think he comes at a big price tag like a Allen Robinson or a Sammy Watkins would, would demand. I think that's Michael Crabtree. I think Dante Moncrief could be in, in, in that mix also. Tony, would you pay a 31-year-old Mike Wallace? Yes, I would pay him because I think Mike Wallace could deliver you what Torrey Smith did. Torrey Smith, there was games where he was absolutely quiet, but you have to kind of respect his speed. And I think that's it. He had to catch three or four passes a game, and that'll be about it. So I would take him. I wouldn't pay a whole bunch for him, but I would absolutely uh, think there's a roster spot for him. Hey, I got a, I got a Dallas question for you. I've been thinking about mm-hmm. this. Like, I mentioned this on the On Target show. I think that Johnny Manziel plays in the NFL next year, and I already know what team he's going to be on. He's going to be on the Dallas oh, Cowboys. I, 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 you see, that's, that's too much right there for me, Tony, because – Dallas clearly needs to, uh, an upgrade at the backup quarterback position. This is not a year where Tony Romo can come save them from the broadcast booth. He's past that now. Yep. I think that could have possibly happened if they were making a playoff run this year and something happened to Dak. I think Romo would have put the uniform back on. I think he's comfortable in his position right now. A backup quarterback is a position of need there. But that's an interesting situation because if you bring Johnny Manziel in there, he brings the same media attention as a Colin Kaepernick. Yes. And, how do you ex- and how do you explain that? Yeah, I think that's the problem. And I think that's why that only Dallas and only Jerry Jones is going to do it. Jerry, Jerry Jones is, don't care. Yeah, Jerry don't care. <laughs> Jerry goes, he ain't going to get more press than me. Yeah, that's true. Nobody's bigger than the star except for Jerry Jones. Interesting. I could see it happen. Tony, I, I'm not buying the Johnny Manziel thing. I think the kid is done. I think he's past his time. I think the entitlements have ran out, and now he's leaning on a mental illness to say that's why he's not. That's why everything happened to him. I don't think. I. I, I think 
the entitlements and the privilege has worn off on Johnny Manziel, and I think the NFL knows better. See, I, I didn't like him coming into the league, um, and it wasn't because yeah. of the off-field behavior. That read option stuff, all his throws were outside the pocket, uh, get in the pocket, try to complete a pass, and we never seen that from Johnny Manziel. Has, has not happened yet. So there you go right there. Oh, we come, have we come to the end of the show just that fast, Tony? That was too we quick. certainly man. have. That was too quick. Thank everybody for rocking with us, Fantasy Football Frenzy, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Make sure you catch us here every week, taking you through the offseason. For the Fantasy Shamer, Tony Zincada, I'm the Fantasy Executive, Corey Parson. We are out.